Welcome to Realcast. I'm joined this week by Nicole Dines and Paul Strom for our regular roundup of the week in real assets. Paul, let's start with you. Um, what stories have you been tracking over the last kind of seven days? Uh, well, in your interview with uh, Guillaume Turkus, uh, managing partner at Faro Capital Partners, he said that at MIPIM, the, the three top sectors, residential sheds and meds, were still dominant, but investors were beginning to turn their attention to the value-add and opportunistic assets in the retail and hotel sectors. He said that uh, value-add and opportunistic money has to go somewhere. And we've seen some evidence of that in the past few days. In a £420 million deal, Tristan Capital Partners, on behalf of an opportunistic fund, acquired a majority shareholding in RAG Hotels, which owns the independent budget boutique brand Point A Hotels, most of whose properties are in UK and Ireland. The deal enables Wellcome Trust to exit, but other shareholders remain as minority partners, and the plan is to double the size of the portfolio in the medium term. Point A's portfolio comprises 1,520 rooms and 80% of the portfolio's value is currently in London. This week, we've also seen continued evidence uh, that the more resilient area of retail is food and and retail parks. Savills Investment Management paid £75 million for four UK assets for its new UK Value Boxes Fund. The four UK retail parks include two in England and one each in Scotland and Wales, and they were acquired on a combined yield of 7.5%. Tenants include companies like M&S, Home Bargains, Aldi, B&M, B&Q. Savills uh, Investment Management's UK retail park strategy was launched in October uh, 2021 with the aim of capitalising on uh, strong income producing characteristics of UK retail parks. Uh, the fund's focus is on parks let to grocery, discount and DIY retailers and on assets let on, on re- low rents. Savills IM also recently acquired the Bahia Real Retail Park in Santander, Spain for one of its pooled funds and paid the developers 60 million uh, euros for that. But there's also been further evidence that the residential market is strong and is so strong given the, the growing levels of uncertainty in Europe. Collier's research in a new report describes a fundamental mismatch between housing demand and supply in Europe, which is driving massive investment growth in the residential sector, despite what's going on in in Europe. They say that that will continue to generate opportunities despite the geopolitical and economic uncertainties. The firm points out the residential investment volume surged 89% over the course of 2021 and accounted for more than 30% of property investment in Europe for the first time. They point out that investor interest is expanding um, beyond the largest and best known urban areas in Europe. The tier two and tier three cities are increasingly evident. And examples are uh, Gothenburg and, and Manchester. The firm said that European markets beginning to mirror the US in this respect. Um, but challenges are ahead and they include uh, tougher energy efficiency regulations and rising construction costs. Yes, that focus on rising construction costs was also highlighted in an interview with Jan Philip Down of Garber in terms of the logistics market. And it was interesting that Guillaume also mentioned the amount of capital still very much focused on Europe. Um, and I saw that Henderson Park announced a 1.25 billion euro first close of their second European value add fund. I also had an interest interview with Ricky Licker on both the office markets, social impact, um, but also data and the idea that uh, that cash is king, but data is now God. Um, just that growing importance of data in the real asset markets. Nicole, what have you been watching? 
Well, following on from what Paul was saying about residential, um, Heinz has continued its investment spree in the residential sector in Milan, and it's announced it will build 1,400 apartments and they will all be built to rent. They're in three different areas, all very close to the city centres, and they're a mixture of uh, different sizes and they're targeted at all sectors for older people, families, young professionals uh, and students. And some of them are, is part of an urban regeneration plan, complete con transformation forming the area of Lambrate, others are uh, building from scratch, others are uh, repurposing existing buildings into mixed use uh, with offices on the ground floor and the first few floors and then residential above. So a real mixture of, uh, of styles and uses, uh, but all built to rent because Maria Badessa, the, the head of Italy for Heinz, said that over 70% over of people between the ages of 18 and 35 are looking for a place to rent in Milan. We've spoken about it before, obviously especially young people cannot afford to buy. So build to rent is really becoming a growing sector. And um, for this particular venture, Heinz, which has already invested over 2 billion euros in Milan residential, um, has, has teamed up with PGGM, the Dutch pension fund. So that's an interesting sign that other uh, international uh, you know, investor institutions are getting interested in, in residential and in particular in the Milan market. On a completely different subject, uh, we often speak about ESG and there are two different issues that companies look at. One is repurposing existing building, which is obviously the most environmentally friendly thing to do. The other is how to build, find new building techniques to minimize the impact on the environment. And there were two very interesting developments on this front. On the building side, Cromwell Property Group came up with a really interesting report called Timber Buildings, Truly Sustainable Real Estate, which says that one of the world's most ancient materials used in construction, which is timber, is now coming back in a big way because of its environmental credentials. It's the only way, they say, to build more in timber to achieve the net zero carbon emissions which are meant to reach by 2050. And there are a lot of mistakes made when you think about timber, for example, the idea that using timber means less trees. But in fact, there's some interesting statistics. It says that because of the great use of timber in the construction industry, there are a lot more uh, trees being planted. And one statistic is that the timber used in a typical 5,000 square meters office building would be regrown within nine minutes in an Austrian forest. There are three countries, Finland and Sweden and Austria, which are the, in Europe are the main uh, places where timber, sustainable timber is sourced. And also at the moment, timber is more expensive than traditional you know, materials that are used like steel and concrete, but uh, it, that is made up by the speed of construction, which is usually at least 25% less. So that makes up for the increased costs. And also the Cromwell report points out that as timber is more used, then obviously costs will come down as demand grows. So it forecasts a, a huge increase in demand for mass timber in, in construction. On the other side of ESG, on the sort of how to repurpose existing buildings and how to finance the repurposing, which is a big, a big question. Berlin Hip, which has been a pioneer in the green bond market, now has taken another step towards integrating sustainability criteria into the financing and investment products by publishing its sustainable finance framework, which basically classifies all the sustainable financing products in line with EU taxonomy. Berlin Hip believes that having a 
EU taxonomy for the first time, a comprehensive and clear guidelines is a real opportunity and everyone should be aligned with it. So the goal is to only issue taxonomy compliant green loans by 2026, which is quite an ambitious goal. So the focus will be very much on transforming existing building stock, which Berlin Hip says is by far the biggest challenge for the real estate industry. Yes, the transformation challenge is a huge topic at the moment. And ESG and social impact related strategies continue to hit the headlines over the past seven days. I noticed Inca Group, IKEA's largest franchisee, taking a 340 million euro step towards being climate positive by acquiring nine solar photovoltaic park projects in Germany and Spain. Czech investment fund Ryko buying BWI's research and development centre, and which also picks up that theme of innovation and advanced manufacturing. And I also noticed a second potentially major step in the future of green energy as UK-based First Light Fusion announced a successful breakthrough in nuclear fusion technology. There are also a number of stories on healthcare and senior living, with Adifica continuing to be very active and investing in care homes in Ireland, Jersey and the Isle of Man. Uh, Riverstone, the Goldman Bank developer, buying a site in Billionaires Row, Bishops Avenue in London to develop sustainable senior living. LaSalle Investment Management, investing in senior living in Toulouse, uh, which is the first investment on behalf of the Encore Plus uh, flagship pan-European fund, uh, and the fund's first investment in senior living. And CBRE Investment Managers and NN Group, launching a venture to invest in Dutch affordable and sustainable residential real estate with an initial capital commitment of 500 million. We're now, of course, into the seventh week of the war in Ukraine, and they're continuing to be influences on the real asset markets. Uh, my social media has continued to show the support from across the industry, as well as interviews with Kolya's Alexander Nosachenko, now on the front line, who we mentioned in Realcast a couple of weeks ago. And our thoughts continue to be with those who are affected by the war. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you for joining us. and look forward to seeing you next week for our regular roundup of the real asset markets. Thank you.